may be seated. Good morning, everybody. I'm going to read this scripture to you this morning. And I think the pastor made it longer for us. This is from 1 John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. What was from the beginning? What was from the beginning? What have we heard? What we have seen in our eyes, what we have looked at, and our hands have touched concerning the word of life. And the life was revealed And we have seen and testify and announced to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was revealed to us. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Along our narrow way, and I'm reading the song words. Let me get back on track here. What we have seen and heard we announce to you also in order that you also may have fellowship with us And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write in order that our joy may be complete. And this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you, that God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. This is the word of God for all people. Usually when I have to preach, I, and Pastor, Pastor Floyd is so open, he just says, do what you want. <laughs> and I always think, but if I had something specific I could talk about, but then it, it lays on my mind, you know, and I'm thinking, I usually talk about something that I want to know more about because I'm going to have to research it anyway. I might as well do something that I'm really interested in in finding more about. And it just laid on my heart that I want to talk about getting saved and what happens afterwards. Now, most people, to tell you the truth, I grew up in a Methodist Sunday school and never heard of being saved, and not that terminology. But I heard it when I went to Bible school with our neighbors. And I, I, that stuck in my mind, and I was, how old are you, Mia? I was about, how old are you, Sophia? I think I was more like your age when I was going to Bible school. And I thought that was so interesting that you could get saved, and that's how you got to heaven. At my young age, I thought everybody in the world just died and went to heaven. But you had to really get something or do something. And then they, tell, they told me it was free. It was grace that gets you to heaven. So you don't have to do anything. You don't have to promise to be a preacher when you grow up or be a missionary or become a nun or a priest. Or You could just enjoy the gift that God gives you. The only thing is you have to believe in Jesus, that Jesus was his only son, 
and you have to believe that he came to save the world. And, of course, we have to confess our sins. And that's an interesting thing, too, because I think we think of sin as something big. But there's a lot of times we sin and we don't even realize it. Things we say to each other, things we, little things we do. So all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. So sin is a thing that needs to be um, forgiven all our lives because we are not perfect. So that's what we should be praying for too, that God be merciful unto us as sinners. But it was interesting because I never heard some of this stuff at my church. And I was asking my father about it all the time, and he explained a lot of things to me because he was my mentor. And when you think about it, when the disciples had questions, they just asked Jesus. And he tried to explain. Some, some of them didn't even understand the parables. They were too spiritual for them yet and and he told he told the disciples that you will understand once you I give you the Holy Spirit and he did that when he rose from the grave and came to talk to him he said I give you the spirit now and it's he said it would be a helper for when I'm away because they were devastated when they heard he was going back to heaven what were they going to do? They, they didn't feel ready to go out and preach. But after they accepted the Holy Spirit in them, they had understanding. That's how they put it in the Bible. And then, of course, Jesus was their mentor when he was there. And afterwards, it was his disciples that became the mentors. And today, it's not that easy for us. Because Jesus lived a long, long time ago, and so did those mentors. So now we come to church. It's so important to come to church because everybody needs a mentor. And most often, it's your pastor. Another important thing is to come for a time of not just to church. You, You have to grow as a Christian. And you grow by reading the word. We can hear the word when we come to church, but we need something through the week to sustain us. But the thing is, as close as we are to to Jesus and to God, we have all these outside influences that tug us down. Our busy schedules. Um, Anything you like, more than God will give, show where your time is. But just to have some designated time, a lot of people read a devotional or something in the morning when they get up. I have to have like three cups of coffee before my brain's really stimulated. So I, I usually read before I go to bed, but I also sometimes read in the morning. But without that, how do we grow as Christians? So I, what worries me is people might think they're Christians, but deep down, are they just a Christian that comes to church on Sunday and doesn't ever grow into to what Jesus wants us to grow into? 
He wants us to abide in him. When I was little, I think back how I got saved, besides going to the Baptist church and wondering about all this and asking my father, who was my mentor, one night I was in bed and I was thinking about all this, and suddenly I, I saw an angel. I, all these years I, I thought I dreamed it. But now that I'm older and understand more, I think there was a real angel, and he was, it was very tall. Took up my whole wall, and it was like, looked like his head was hitting the ceiling. And I don't remember him talking, but I could hear a voice that explained to me that Jesus, the Son of God, is everything. God is everything. The world spins around God. That without God, you won't be able to do much. You can't count on the world to give you what you need. That Jesus and God are the source of our very being. And I remember having visualizations of people being short and God being very tall. And because of that, it it signified power. And think how much power it took to divide the heavens, make the stars. I mean, you got to give it to him. He did a good job, didn't he? Well, I think that was the day I was saved, the evening I was saved. And it did change me. Just like the disciples, when they got the Holy Spirit, they could go out and preach, and they, they saved the world. Christianity is everywhere now, around the globe. But us, it's, it just seems so hard to always stay on the track. And that's what I found after Dale died. I, had, I didn't doubt God, I just felt empty. Like we weren't connecting or communicating in some way. My friend came over and she had some questions for me about God and about heaven. And it made me realize that God wasn't done with me yet, that I can't just stay home and feel empty. I've got, I felt like I had to get to work. Somebody else might come and ask me questions. I have to stay up on this stuff. So it's got me back on the track. This God doesn't want to let us go. And the Bible said he loves every person as if you are the only person he loves. And it's hard to believe that. I mean, we know how much we love our children and our spouses But to think of a love that could possibly be greater than that. But he talks about being a family. And when he made Adam and Eve, he was starting a family in his universe on on the earth. But we know what happened in that story. It kind of fell from grace there. He tried again with Noah, destroying the ones who didn't believe and the wickedness. But with the rainbow, we know that it's not coming again like that. He tried with Abraham, giving him the promise of the whole world for generations, but Abraham couldn't, couldn't stay on the track long enough. So here we are, 
with so much to interfere with our lives. We can't let up for a minute. And if you're off the track, got to find a way to get back on. Because the Bible says, without God, you won't succeed in life. Without God, you won't get to heaven. Without Jesus, you won't get to heaven. And we have to thank him. People don't thank him enough, I think. I know it's always on my mind that I I should, well, I had an experience I was telling Mary and Colleen that I fell this week on the back porch. I don't know. Dave and I take turns falling. (laughs) Dave had a black eye and three broken ribs from his fall. When I was on the back porch, I was trying to go and sit on my swing, my porch swing, and I got my shoe caught in the, between the wood on the porch, and I just went flying. And then that darn swing hit me, knocked me completely over. And I knew I was going to land on my arm, the one that just had surgery, and I thought, there's nothing more they can do. That's what my doctor keeps saying. Be careful. There's nothing more we can do to fix this arm. So I fell right on it, hurt my, my wrist hurt. I felt like I was going to get a bunch of bruises, but my shoulder really hurt. And on the way down, I said, God, help me. And as I was sitting in my recliner with ice, I thought about that cry and thought, I hope he helps me soon. <laughs> But it was very strange because I had to take a Motrin when I went to bed. And when I got up, I felt perfect. I thought I'd broken my wrist, it hurt so bad, or at least sprained it, but I could move my wrist, didn't hurt a bit. My arm didn't hurt a bit. I tried every exercise they gave me in therapy and it didn't hurt. And I thought, oh my gosh, just that little utterance without even thinking, please help me, God. I believe that that's how he works. And sometimes we think they're coincidences. But God looks after us every minute, every second of the day. And he loves us because we are his family. Just like we have a strong church family. It's the way Christianity spread. The disciples went out and started new churches. There's little groups here and there and here and there, and it grew and it grew. And it's still growing. It's still growing. But to stay on the track is not as easy as we might think it is. We have to actually think about God. We actually feel his presence in our lives. And we can't do that without prayer. Prayer is so important. And the Bible says we should talk to God just like he's your best friend. But if you're like me, I think, I'm not going to pray about that tonight. He's probably so busy up there. I think he's got all the the whole world praying to him. And and we think that our problems are not big enough for God that we can handle them. But the Bible says people who don't have Jesus to help them and God to help them, they're like 
eventually become fools because things aren't going to work without the Lord in your life. And it take, if you think you can do it by yourself and not mention any of this stuff to, to, to Jesus, well, maybe it'll work out, but it'll take a long time. And uh, we, we get impatient sometimes with Jesus answering our prayers. We think it's a long time. But he has things planned out. And he knows when the time is right for whatever it is you're praying for. And if we can keep that in mind somehow, and I, I can't even tell you how important it is to read the Bible. I started reading the Bible by just opening it. Mostly, in, I remember in Sunday school, we learned, you know, Jonah and the whale, and we learned a, a, about all those small stories that were really important when we were little, but we have to keep growing. Then we think about the parables and Jesus' stories, and some are kind of hard to grasp. But once you read, the more you read, the more you get out of it. But the disciples did complain about his stories. They told him that, well, we listen to those stories, but we don't understand them. And that's when Jesus said, wait till you get the Holy Spirit. So the way we can get saved is to ask God for forgiveness for our sins. And keep God close to your heart. As close, try to get as close to his heart as you can and read and come to church. Now, Pastor Floyd, I must say, he is phenomenal about making us feel like a church family. I don't think we've ever had a pastor who was so diligent about praying for our problems, visiting people when he can, when it's pandemic didn't help. But he keeps us close by his his recordings on Facebook, they're just full of love. And when he says to you, I love you all, I, I, he does. He really does. And that's the way God loves us. He wants to know what's going on in our lives. He wants to help you when you fall on the porch. It's deep. It's really deep. And I always feel like, well, I never went to seminary or anything to learn things. But it, if you just read and read, everybody can grow. And that's the important thing because God needs us. He needs our love. And that's why I chose the scripture I did today because it talks about God's great, great love. And we should love him because he loved us. I think I used the illustration once about our little dog, Buffy. She's so cute, and she's, she's a small dog, but when you look at her, you just fall in love with her. That's what God does with us. He's already in love with us and loves us dearly, and we should love him back. How can we turn away from a love like that? And he wants everybody to know that you're safe. You might not feel safe at the moment, but God will bring you peace. And that's an important thing. And the other thing I've noticed that once you're close to God, well, you 
feel joy. Could be raining outside, but you think, oh, the flowers are getting a drink. Or I like to read on rainy days. Maybe I'll have some more time to read today. Make the best of what you can do. And what you can't do, take it to Jesus, because he's so much better at it than we are. So much better. Well, the disciples made it. Um, now I look at my notes when I'm almost done. <laughs> um, who's that? Tracy, who's the author of that book? Joyce Mayer, is that her name that you gave me? Meyer? Tracy gave me a devotional. And Lisa gave me the Bible that I use all the time, a women's devotional Bible. I like that, too. But Joyce Mayer said, you're not off the hook. This isn't a do-it-yourself situation. God doesn't expect you to do everything yourself. He expects you to ask for his help. He wants you to. And he's, like, anxious to help. He's anxious to heal. We have limits. God does not. John 16.35 says, I have told you these things. He's talking to his disciples and he's telling them, you're going to get the Holy Spirit. It's coming. He says, I, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Everybody will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for the life you have given us. Thank you for the chance to be saved. We pray that We'll read more and understand more the more we read. Study the scriptures. And that's the way we'll get to know you are a great God. And we love Jesus. We thank you for sending him, your only son, to take on every miserable thing in humanity. He died for us too. Watch over us, please, and help us be strong. Help us to be open to God's love so that we can actually feel it all the way down to our deepest core. We know that we are never alone, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Through Christ Jesus, we pray. And the people said, Amen. Amen.